Welcome to the Strip Town Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they make you grin or cry, from Am I the Only One to Take It Outside, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. What a maroon! It's my co-host, Evan! If we were marooned on a desert island, there's nobody I would rather eat first. <laughs> it's my co-host, Evan Shaker! <laughs> Let me tell you from beginning to end that introduction was a delight. When I said what a maroon, I saw you looking nervously around my basement for something yeah, I, to say. I always forget that we don't have an intro for these uh, no, sequencings and I get a... Uh... And then when you said my ho-ho-ho's <laughs> just like Santa Claus, that made me laugh quite a bit as well. well I'm glad. That's, you're the person I do this podcast for, so... Uh, am I really? You don't do it for Rye Bread 13? You don't do it for Jorkster? You don't, don't do it for Bubba Hotep? I don't do it for them. Wow. Do yeah. it for her. I do it for listeners. Okay. Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. How are you? Great. <laughs> I want you to say it out loud now. It's in your car or your wherever you're walking, just say how you are. Wow. wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really upsetting. I don't know why I'm laughing. Truly, I feel really bad for yeah, you. I, I don't know if we can go on the podcast now. <sighs> um... I mean, that's, you've truly made it awkward, but let's yeah, try to I'm continue. I'm really sorry about that, listeners. Yeah. Um, so, Ev, yeah. we finished Maroon. We we're did. done. Huh. We finished all 13 tracks. We did it like good boys. We were very diligent. Yep. We get our cookies and peppermints <laughs> we, now. We get our cookies and our peppermints. Um, so, uh, what was, uh, what what was, was your was? impression what of Maroon? Was? Did you um, like Maroon? Did you hate Maroon on the whole? Well, I mean, we do that when we resequence the album, but or not the album. The uh, we rate list this, well, the albums in order, right? Right. So I, I mean, would we'll say do that, but let's just talk about whether we liked uh, it, and I, then we'll rate them. I'd say I liked it overall. Like I think it wasn't. It's definitely not my favorite. Yeah. But it's near the top so yeah, far. Yeah. Um, and I think it had a lot of bangers on it. It had some songs I enjoyed. It had yeah. some songs I didn't enjoy. But you know, I'm gonna forget those. Yeah. I feel like it was really a front-loaded album, right? Like, the first five songs are pretty mm -hmm. damn good, or pretty close to it. And then after that, we get just a lot of hits and misses, I think. Well, I, I mean, yeah, they're experimenting a little bit, I think, on the back end. And that, yeah, that, that was fine. fine for me. Album yeah. format. Album yeah, and format. I really much enjoyed The Hidden Sun. Yes, I know like you that, did. <laughs> that saved the album for me. Not that the album needed saving. Um, I, I went into this, uh, into Maroon thinking that Maroon was by and large my favorite Bare Naked Ladies album. Whether that is true remains to be seen. However, I will tell you that it is not as good as it was in my memory. Uh, in my memory, I think I really held this album up on a pedestal hmm. so high. Yeah, because I remember you coming in, you're like, I am going to ride and die for this album. Basically, and I died <laughs> is how it happened. I, I refused to ride any further. Um, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's not let's, great. Uh, let's just go, jump ahead and do the. Let's do our. Let's do our albums. Okay. Let let's say me, them together. Okay. Say them together. So we're gonna start with number five. Start right? with, with the what, the worst. The worst. Okay. And then we'll go to the best. All right. Are we saying them together? Yes. All right. Three, two, one. Maybe, Maybe you, you should, should drive. drive. Okay. Easy peasy. Next. <laughs> Is this at all interesting to our listeners? You think it doesn't uh, matter if we do it quickly. It'll it's be fine. It's for you and it's for me. <laughs> yeah. Just skip ahead thirty seconds, listeners. Okay. Uh, number four. Number four. Three, two, one. Born, Born on, on a pirate ship. ship. Oh boy, this is where things get hard for me. I'm ready. I think. All right. Yeah. Number three. Three, two, one. Maroon. Maroon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What an upset for Maroon. For you. Damn. And then, I mean, our last two kind of, I don't think yeah. they've changed, right? Number two. Three, Gorbin. Three, two, one. Gorbin. Yeah. And number one. Gorbin Dallas. And stunt, yeah. 
Wow, Maroon falling squarely in the middle of the pack here. Yeah, but we're these are the best Bare Naked Ladies albums. Now, you have not heard All in Good Time. You've not heard Silver Ball all the way through. Right, but we're still But you have told me many, many times <laughs> ad nauseum but that we are in the we are in the golden this age. This would be the first time you've ever trusted me. <laughs> you've <laughs> never trusted me before. And you're not planning on starting. That's right. Now. That's why when you're like, Evan, I'm gonna come over to your house for dinner, I'm like, I hire a private detective <laughs> to make sure that you're gonna do that. I'm like, follow him all day. And if he doesn't look like he's coming over to my house, I want you to call me right away. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, this was a good album. That's, I think that's the number one adjective I can use is that mm-hmm. it was good. Like, I think there's just a, yeah, a lot of weirdo shit on here that just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I think they're trying to break away from the success of stunt, right? Which is hard because yeah. they're doing it, but they're doing it in a way that's very confusing to me. And like, I mean, pinch me is probably one of my favorite bare naked lady songs. I can't follow you there. I think Pinch Me's fine. Mm-hmm. Pinch Me is, is what might land this. I think I rated it pretty naked, but like in terms of their hits, it's no Brian Wilson. It's no One Week. It's no It's All Been Done. It's no, you know, any of... I think mm-hmm. it's probably, as far as their singles are concerned, probably one of my least favorites. I didn't say it was one of my favorite singles. I said it was my, my favorite Bare Naked Ladies songs. That's against their entire oeuvre. Damn, dude. That's humongous. Can it's you, not that humongous because you know instead, top... of, instead of rating it against 10 songs, I'm rating it against, what, 300 songs. Yeah. Do you know your, your top Bare Naked Ladies songs? Nope. Okay. Because I haven't gotten... Do you know your top Bare Naked Ladies song? I think it was in Maroon. Al- alcohol. Alcohol, oh, alcohol, I think, was my favorite. I thought for some reason you said, like, Baby Seat was your favorite. <laughs> Did I know? No, I think maybe it was Hidden Sun. Hidden Sun is the song like is the song i'm actually going to listen to right but i don't think it's a bare naked lady song it doesn't it really is you it is this is your fucking crazy moment not not ableism but like the song crazy where you fall apart where it's like no it's a bare naked lady song it does it sound anything like the band it doesn't matter it does not matter <laughs> um yeah because it's who they are the when we get down the road who they become is not who they are mm-hmm. but we have to take it as it is Hidden Sun is a Bernie Lady song. It is very different than anything they've done before. Is it better than alcohol? Ooh. Um, I'd yeah. say I'd say as a song, no, but as something I like, yes. What? As a song? I can no. I can <laughs> rate things both song. objectively and subjectively, right? But I'm asking so for you. Objectively, no. <laughs> subjectively, yes. So for me Objective Music is not an objective pursuit. <laughs> Don't do this. But I can say, like, I think that the that alcohol has more legs than Hidden Sun. I think alcohol, I mean, obviously alcohol was a bigger hit than Hidden Sun. So yeah. objectively, it is a more popular song, is what I'm saying. I'm saying better, uh, not, not more popular. Then no. Okay. Do I like, I already said, subjectively, I do not. So your favorite Brennan Lady song is Hidden Sun? So far, yeah. Yow, weasel. Okay. I never do any harm to anyone. <laughs> I don't know why these guys, haters come at me. Why these haters, I don't think anybody hates you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, still some fantastic for me. Nothing. I don't think that's anything's good, that's ever good going to beat some fantastic. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that song. Uh, Evan, we've both resequenced this album yes. because this album is in desperate, dire need of resequencing. Can we agree on yes. that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they they load the back half up with story song after story song, and it gets exhausting. Mm-hmm. So let me do my boring resequencing first, because I resequence it like a regular person <laughs> does, um, and then we'll do your resequencing. So. Um, there's a couple B-sides for this album. Um, four B-sides. Just a lot of buzzing. To be- I'm so sick of B-sides. I do not like any B-sides. <laughs> I just- get it. 
Um, <laughs> Half a Heart is a B-side that they eventually re-recorded for Brennan Ladies or Me, so I did not include it mm-hmm. in my thought process for this. Uh, and there's another B-side called Inline Bowline that's a Jim Cregan song. It might be my favorite Jim Cregan song. I'll put a little sample of it right here. I didn't include it in my resequence of the album because while it's my wow, favorite, that's a that's a real poor judgment of Jim Cregan. I mean, I like Jim Cregan's songs. <laughs> you say it like begrudgingly I mean, with gritty I, I said it defensively. Okay. Like they're weird, right? <laughs> they're weird because he's a weird guy, and I feel like his his roots are sort of different than the rest of the bands. Yeah, like can, he's like a jazz funk guy. Can I tell you what Inline Bowline is about? Okay. Uh, inline bowline. I can't wait to hear. Ostensibly is about the knot, the inline bowline knot. Mm-hmm. But if you dig just a little bit into the song, you realize it's about a man tying a noose to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. That's like a Stevie P song. It sounds like a Stevie P song. Um, it's a, it's a jaunty little ditty about suicide. Um, but I didn't feel like it fit the album really. Right. Okay. So without further ado, here's my resequencing of Maroon. You're gonna hate it. dum dum dum. Track one. Before we begun, <laughs> it's all the greatest hits. Um, come on now, now. Hmm. It's the humor of the situation. Yeah, it's got a catchy beat. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Here's the thing: the first track of this album, what is it? Too little, too late. Yeah, it's good. It's great. But I feel like a lot of people renown it because it's the first track. I think Humor of the Situation is a great fucking song that deserves more praise, and it's buried in the middle of that album. I feel like if Humor of the Situation was out in front, it would be like, shit, I love this song, right? Mm-hmm. So I put it there because I feel like it, they, they buried a good song, and I am, mm-hmm. un, I, am, I am unburying its corpse and putting it on display <laughs> for everyone uh, Front and see. center. Yeah. You are taping it to the front of your car yes. like in Mad Max. It's speeding down the highway, <laughs> honking the whole time. All right. The single is track two. Pinch me. You got to put it straight out there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we got to slow it down a little after that first blast, right? And now we're going to ramp our way back up. So we blast them. Then we hit the single. All right. So speed, like speed three. Okay. okay. Now let's go up a little more. This one was right on the bubble for me. Should mm. I keep it? Should I drop it? Baby seat. Baby seat track three of huh. the album. This is the this is the remember track three is like where you're putting your. I think track two is sometimes the single. Okay. Right? You don't think so? Okay. Baby seat I think could be dropped from the album. I wanted to keep it at thirteen songs. This is the first time I've kept the same number. I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like the speed we're speeding up just a little bit. It's not crazy fast, but it's got a cool. I think what we need to do here is we need I needed to separate the story songs. Mm-hmm. So I did a couple songs, a story song, a couple songs, a story song, right? Next, never do anything. Boom. We're jumping right back into it. Speed is high. Speed is at like six yeah. or seven. I don't know why I'm not doing BPM. I'm doing like just numbers instead, right? 64 heartbeats. 64 heartbeats. Um, track five, falling for the first time. Yeah. I wanted to keep that where it was. I like it there. I, I, and now we're powering, right? Mm-hmm. So we hit, we came out the gate with a huge blast. We dipped for the single. Now we're raising back up for falling for the first time. Track six, let's get fucking weird, baby. Let's get out our dicks. <laughs> Born Human huh. deserved to be on the album. You heard Born Human? 
Yup. You did? Okay, you not heard porn either. It's a Kevin Hearn track, which is why oh. I thought you might have heard it. seek out Kevin Hearn oh. but I love it whenever I find it <laughs> he another song he wrote while he was in the hospital I believe huh. about a uh, child who was lost in the woods and born by or uh, raised by wolves um it's a song that you might of course remember that I reviewed on bare naked ABC <laughs> of course how could I forget um it's unique it's weird it's a real goofball of a song and I just kind of love it I think it mm-hmm. deserved to be on the side. it's got banjo it's Ooh. got well, it's, actually now I'm looking it up Okay, you really, really... I'll, I'll put a sample here, but you should look it up. Um, seven, Helicopters. Mm. This was... I think Helicopters is what Cell, Cell, Cell wanted to be. Okay. So we only needed one on the album. Fuck Cell, Cell, Cell. Mm-hmm. Replace it with Helicopters. Okay? Um, it's fine. Anti-war song. We're mixing fast and slow now because mm-hmm. Born Human, we kind of took it down a notch. So we hit that first hill with Falling for the First Time, went down with Born Human. Mm-hmm. Now we're ramping back up with Helicopters. Maybe I put this in the wrong spot, but Powder Blue. Fuck you. Next song. You don't like Powder Blue? I get the guy loves his pool, okay? <laughs> no one understands that reference to an episode that we'll never release. It's a love song to an in-ground pool. It is a or love song. Abo- above-ground pool, I thought. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. Maybe we'll release that episode. I think someday when we can't record, I will start releasing those test episodes that we put they out. They sound horrible. They sound horrible. They're very, very bad. Yeah, but we'll, we'll put them out. Um, Powder Blue, it's fucking criminal that that song was left off the album. Uh, do you agree? Do you like Powder Blue? No. Really? I don't think I did. Re- wow. I did and I don't. I mean, it's interesting that Stevie P still plays it live. Clearly it was his No, it baby. isn't. <laughs> Why is that not interesting? He plays all the songs that he, I don't like live. He, he plays Bummer Jams live, yeah, right? Like that's his, that's his thing. Clearly he's proud of this song. Because he could have just played Tonight is the Night from this album, right? And but he, instead, he does play that live too a lot. Because he was just playing the one. But on this one, he couldn't let Powder, Powder Blue go. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, Powder Blue was clearly important to him. And I feel like it's an important song to the ladies in general. I love it. I think it's interesting. It's criminal. It makes us fast and slow. It's an emphasis on slow, but with huge bursts of energy and speed. I think it's a cool song. I love pools. Let's just agree to disagree. That's fair. Number nine, Convention Ears. I can't get over I love it. I love this it's song. It's a good song. Yeah. I wanted to bury it deep. Number 10. Hidden Sun. Ooh. Radio edit. <laughs> so I have trimmed off about a minute and a half. What? From Hidden Sun. The back half. Where he just goes, Hidden, hid, hidden Sun. Hidden Sun. 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 Actually, I'm going to be honest. When I, it's, it's on my mix, and I always skip it. Skip the last like yeah, 10, 15 seconds. No fucking joke. You're Hidden Sun radio editing. You're fading out in about three minutes in this song. Yeah, yeah. I. I and I say this to someone who very much loves that song. I know. 
So I think this song is great. It deserves to be on here, but Kev needed to exercise a little bit of editorial. Sun. <laughs> After that, Hidden Sun, we're quiet, we're deep. Burning after <laughs> fucking wake up, sheeple. We had three story songs in a row. Now it's time to fucking break it up with just a party jam. The beginning of the end. It's the beginning of the end. We're finishing off the album. Track 12, Off the Hook. Lead us out with some sadness. And the song that deserved to be the last track on the album. Tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. So it's no, a beautiful... No, ah! no, secret, no secret track? No secret track. We don't need a secret track. Hidden Sun is barely a secret track just because it's unlisted. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, can you tell? I know I told you I dropped Sell, Sell, Sell. Do you know the other song I dropped? Uh, give me a second. Uh-huh. Give me a second. I'm, uh-huh. uh, I'm, go home. Let me tell you. If you're feeling alone, fucking dump this song because it sucks. It's whatever. I thought it was okay. It's boring. It's fine. It's whatever. But I added Born Human and Powder Blue, which I think more than make up for Sell, Sell, Sell and Go Home. Um, this is the best version of Maroon there can be. I, I truly, I put a lot of thought into this. Well, get, get you out your baby seat. Cause you you're about your to, I'm about to strap you in, buddy. All right, Evo, run me through your version of Maroon. How did you sequence it? Well, I love looking at your like detailed <laughs> Microsoft Excel spreadsheet on these songs. Well, so Maroon at its core is an album about relationships. Yes. So. First, I sectioned the songs into who would be dating whom on the album. So, there's 13 songs, though. So, is there a triad relationship somewhere in here there or someone is, alone? Well, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> uh, who would be dating whom? And then I rated them from worst to best relationship. Oh, oh my God. So, <laughs> so there's, there's seven rankings and thir- 14 songs, but one of them is... <laughs> Wait, 14 songs? Yeah, because I have to repeat one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is going to be... You're not going to get a single one of these, I bet. So, wait, wait, wait. wait. So, Hold you on. have to guess. So, each rating, each ranking is two songs who are dating, and then their relationship goes from worst to best. Oh, my God. Okay. But, so, on your version of the album, let's say that the song you doubled up on was Too Little, Too Late. Does it appear twice on the album? <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. Okay. So how about this? I'll give you the first song in the no, pairing. I wanna, no, no. I want, I want to do this this way because okay. I'd, I'd rather you do this than flail around getting angrier and angrier. <laughs> You're still going to do that, but I want to give you a little bit of a, a head start. Okay. So the first, the first, uh, this, so this is the worst relationship. Uh-huh. Uh, it begins with, the album begins with tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> okay. So who would be the, who would be the. Unreal. That that is the worst relationship. Because as he's dying, he's thinking about her. Like, clearly they love each other. Wait for it. (laughs) Who is Tonight at the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel dating? Okay, let me think about this for a second. So, Tonight at the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel loves the other person, but doesn't always think about them. Because who always thinks about their partner? So, you're the last thing on my mind as I'm driving home. I'm thinking about other things. So, the person that I think this person is dating is... Probably kind of a Susie Homemaker sort of like doting. I'm going to say, man, go home. Uh, Okay, what was it? Never do anything. Never do anything. This is the worst relationship because one of them's already dead. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fucking cop out, but okay. 
And the other one is a flimflam man who spends all their money to get rich on qu- get rich quick schemes. Uh, I mean, these people are probably moving from house to house, one step ahead of creditors, one step sure. ahead of the law, no fixed address, no source sure. of income. Uh, no th- turns out, actually, both of them will probably never do anything. <laughs> one well, of them's dead. Yeah, well, certainly. So yeah, one. this is a terrible relationship. And if they've got a kid in the mix, like that's going to be real rough. Uh, I don't think either of those songs mentioned a kid but they might okay all right interesting so worst relationship okay one corpse and one flim flam man <laughs> okay hold on uh, j- just just fucking go i'm so terrified of because you have a wild card here i'm crossing things off and then i'm like wait never do anything tonight. You know, we'll like, get through it real quick okay okay no don't go through it quick i, no, 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 I mean i'm talking experience. about the, the wild card okay. the wild cards in like the first three relationships okay. so the uh first the first person in this relationship is humor of the situation oh oof. now that is truly a shitty see here's the deal and here's where i'm 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 becoming a little bit hung up is that no matter who the other person in this relationship is, the relationship is shitty because humor of the situation is a shitty Correct. person. Yeah, he so, is he is barely better than a dead man. Right. <laughs> so the other person in this relationship might be somebody sweet because their their version doesn't affect how mm-hmm. bad this relationship but is. But I want you to think about it like I would think about it. I. Your head is <laughs> impenetrable. I cannot even imagine the sort of fucking dancing monkeys that are happening. I okay. want everyone to be happy. Okay. You want people to be happy. Right. So you're pairing up shitty people and shitty people. Sure. That makes sense because the best relationship is two good people. So, okay. So who else is a shitty person in here? Good. Off the hook. Correct. Damn it. <laughs> yes. You got it. Hell yes. I never get it. So this relationship is not so much a relationship as a slow motion train wreck, right? <laughs> Uh, these two belong together. One of them's a sociopath. <laughs> the other one is about ready to relieve the relationship, sure. right? So, which is fine because humor of the situation doesn't deserve happiness as much as he deserves to die alone in a ditch. <laughs> I mean, off the hook can, is it not a great so, uh, like person, right. but they can certainly do better. Which is why my next choice is oh boy, off the hook. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay. Oh shit! So off this in this relationship, humor off the hook yeah. realizes that humor of the situation is a piece of shit. Right, leaves them yes. and goes on to this new relationship. Oh well, it's not a relationship; it's just a fling. Conventioneers. Eh. Fuck. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, okay. So this is not a great relationship. All right, but it's a sell's not a bad person. Yeah, it's a stable one with high status, which is what what um off the hook is about right because sure i feel like off the hook would enjoy being married to a famous actor yeah uh, also i don't think it uh, um off the hook would have much concern about war profiteering and propaganda work because off the hook is not really that good of a person right they seem more basically mostly concerned with ma- maintaining an image which sell 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 would help them do right right uh, and, and sell 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 doesn't seem like a too bad of a guy just yeah. someone who has mortgaged their soul for fame and fortune right yeah so yeah. I mean, this is not a good relationship, but it's better than the two that came before it. Yeah. And I think Off the Hook really stepped up in the world, right? Better than Humor of the Situation. Yeah, so certainly. Yeah, Humor yeah. of the Situation is dead in the ditch with Tonight is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel. Uh, okay, what's next? Too Little Too Late. Too Little Too Late. Why does everything revolve around you? Why does? But you say that. So Too Little Too Late is in a... Re- is the bad person in the relationship because they are the one who's pulling the rug out. They are the one who the world is revolving around. So they are in a relationship. Let's see. I think, okay, I'm, I'm narrowing it down. It's either going to be, and I'm, don't tell me yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's either going to be falling for the first time because falling for the first time is falling in love for the first time. So having this as a learning experience 
I mean, because falling for the first time, this is not where they're going to end up. This is a high school relationship for them, right? Or I think it could possibly be babysitting. I'm going to go with falling for the first time. Uh, okay, what was convention it? Convention Fuck, why? This isn't a great relationship. Neither of these two people are willing to put enough effort into the relationship to make it work. Uh-huh. There's probably some gaslighting going on on uh-huh. Too Little Too Late's part, which is, and Conventioners is just looking for a way out, but they stay together out of sheer inertia because Too Little is willing to give just enough to keep things going. Like, it might be Too Little Too Late, and that's why Conventioners occasionally cheats on him with coworkers. Okay. Can I suggest something to you? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I wonder if conventioneers and off the hook would actually be a high tier relationship. It's kind of a, maybe a casual open relationship where they're fucking each other, but maybe also seeing other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that could be good for them. Wait. So off the hook, you're saying the narrator from off the hook or the narrators, the narrator from partner. off the hook. Oh, uh, wait. Oh shit. I see what you're saying. Yeah. The narrator from off the hook is a good person. Who's they, just in a shitty relationship. They're an okay person. Uh, what's wrong with them? They're concerned with, like, image and status and, yeah. like, I mean, they're trapped, right? Yeah. And I feel like they could be a much better person if they were with Cell, Cell, Cell. Yeah. Instead of humor of the situation. <laughs> I want what's best for them. Okay. I love that you've specified very clearly. Okay. Give me the next one. Pinch me. Go home. Baby seat. Fuck you. No. Pinch me and go home are perfectly matched for each other, right? Pinch me that, is all they're about. They're too much. They're too matched. Well Evan, matched. God damn. <laughs> they are perfect for each other. How are they how are they two matched? Uh well, I mean Baby Seed is a much better one than because both of the songs are loosely ex- existential, right? Like Pinch Me is about uh, like get being okay with existence. Baby Seed's about find trying to find yourself. Uh-huh. Right? So one pulls up stakes and abandons her husband and kids. The other is seriously considering it cuz like he's like what if I just left town? What if what I even care? Right. Like, so this is the, this is the sort of, they, in the end they both find happiness in medi- mediocrity. Like this is a pretty standard relationship apart from Baby Seat's foray into like a, a fringe cult. Yeah. Yeah. Right? This like so Pinch Me is the guy that Baby Seat ends up with, right? He's not much of anything. Right? But you want everybody to be happy. But I want, but the people, but go home is too good for baby seat, right? Yeah. yeah. Go home's a high tier relationship. Go home is too, too good for pinch me. But see, here's the or deal. baby seat. That's what I mean. Yeah. Pinch me is nostalgic for their youth. Pinch me wants to return to a time when things were simple and easy, right? Baby seat kind of. is the opposite. It's saying you can't live your life in the baby seat. I feel right. like they would be that's fucking why they have at to, each other's throats. That's why it's they have to. Good... But the thing is, baby seat ends up settling for exactly the same thing that they had before. We don't know that. We know they that live they in a, like a walk up, fence. and a, they live in a walk up, and they occasionally get like pieces pieces of heaven. Like this is a this is just a standard relationship. But see, nothing, no frills. If if pinch me were with go home, pinch me would be like, man, I miss home, and go home would be like. Let's fucking go, bro. I can't wait. I can't, right. We're going to do it. Yeah, but Pinch Me isn't good enough to deserve Go Home. <laughs> what makes Pinch Me bad? They're just kind of nothing, right? <laughs> That's... I didn't say, I didn't say this, like, so we're now in, like, the medium relationships. Like, this is, like, the, this is, like, the baseline relationship that defines all other relationships. Right. Like, every, anything is either worse or better than this. Right? Sure. So, like, nothing special is happening here between Pinch Me and Baby Seat. I mean, Pinch Me, yeah, I, I, I don't think Pinch Me is a bad person at all. I didn't think so either. They're a me- they're a mediocre person in a mediocre relationship but with another mediocre person. You believe that Go Home is a good person? Yeah. Uh, when I, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Who's next? Uh, helicopters. Oh, see, this one is fucking rough. Helicopters is a man. Helicopters is a a a, a singer, a protest singer. Helicopters has seen horrible things. 
Helicopters wants to make the world a better place. So I think Helicopters needs someone to care for. Helicopters is one of those people that is looking to improve. So I'm going to pair Helicopters and Hidden Sun. Uh, I saw that where's you going, but no. Helicopters is the one who needs all the care. It's falling for the first time. <sighs> okay. So Helicopters... Right. It's- Helicopters cares too deeply, right? Okay. <laughs> if you paired them with Hidden Sun, you'd be they'd be they wouldn't be able to take care of each other. Because Helicopters is just embittered by the state of the world, right? I think falling for the first time could really ground that bitterness out with a solid dose of real talk. Like, hey bud, I know the Amazon's burning down, no one's reporting it. I know Assad is still deploying chemical weapons against his own people. I mean, I know <laughs> children are still being kept in cages by corporate profiteers. I know the American justice system is unfairly biased against people of color. I know white businessmen are making millions of dollars doing the same thing that black teenagers got get put in jail for 30 years for. I know all this. I know Russia's actively tampering with the American electoral system. <laughs> like, I know China's brutally repressing mu- Muslims in uh, the Muslim Uyghur population in Xinjiang. I know that like uh, <laughs> what? I know our president is a raving madman who, uh, <laughs> whose entire administration of cronies, warmongers, and racists is trying to desperately keep up with his Twitter rants. Like, I just, I know all this. <laughs> I know that states are rolling back women's rights and LGBTQIA uh, freedoms. Uh-huh. I know all this. But you know what? Hey, baby. Maybe the worst is behind. <laughs> like. So you think that you think that helicopters is too damaged? I feel like not damaged. I feel like helicopters cares too deeply. Like helicopters, are like we just need to drop everything and go and do this. Like ah, oh, fuck, it didn't work out. Like just embittered. But like I feel like uh, falling for the first times. Like hey man, it's okay to mess up. Like we're gonna keep trying. We're gonna keep going over and over again. This is a this is a good. This is my second best relationship. Yeah. So I feel like like falling for the first time is really gonna ground out helicopters. And I think they're gonna get a lot of good done together. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I could see helicopters and Hidden Sun actually being, yeah. Because hel- helicopter wouldn't have time to care for Hidden Sun. Correct. Because like, helicopters has too many other... Like, I feel like they'd break up because Hidden Sun is like, oh, I had another down day today. And helicopter's yeah. like, ah, sorry, dude, I got to go to a, a rally. Yeah. Like, we're, uh, I got to strap on my Antifa, you yeah. know, armor and go beat up some Nazis. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, okay. Hidden Sun's I like, I just right. don't, I just... I, I feel like you right. never have time for me. And Helicopter's like, yeah, I don't because the world sucks. So the number one relationship on this album is Go Home and Hidden Sun? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Give me your explanation so I can rip it to shreds. Obviously, Hidden Sun is the kindest, most gentlest, most nurturing song. It's Kevin personified. <laughs> it's the kind of song that has hot cocoa ready for you after you're done building a snowman. The only problem is it also needs someone to ground it out. Yeah. Right? Someone who can take care of all that fiddly little details while Hidden Sun ignores while it's working on its latest, I don't know, conceptual art project about representations of innocence in the Avengers franchise. I don't fucking know. So that's Go Home. Like someone who can recognize a good thing when they've got it. Yeah. Go Home seems grounded. Matter of fact, Go Home knows that Hidden Sun is too good for it, but it's still going to love Hidden Sun till the end of its days. Yeah. Like Go Home's like, Hidden Sun's off doing its little flighty thing and Go Home's like, hey. I'm always going to be here waiting for you, man. Yeah, so I yeah. think this is like the ideal relationship. Sure. And I think Hidden Sun cares deeply for Go Home, and I, but I don't feel like Hidden Sun is able to express, like these are people whose like love languages don't match up, but I feel like they're going to work towards a better relationship. I feel like they make each other, these top two relationships, Helicopters Falling for the First Time and Hidden Sun and Go Home, I feel like they both make each other better songs. God. Come I at me. can't fight that. Is Go Home the one where it talks about your partner being Catherine the Great? <laughs> And be the horse that helps her meet her fate. <laughs> Which, when it comes to a well, that's potentially like, fatal song or yeah. a, a, a terminal song like Hidden Sun. And I feel like Hidden Sun has dark periods, right? Yeah. And like, so even if 
you're you know if you feel like you're Joan of Arc you know and you're burning at the stake like trying to keep your partner together I mean I feel like Go Home cares about them enough to to, to put in the work to do that god damn yeah yeah okay I see a lot of reflections of that relationship in real life sometimes and that really works out all right fuck you got me <laughs> you fucking got me nailed to the wall I never right. do any harm to anyone no no fuck yeah they would be cute together too wouldn't they yeah <laughs> they're very i like them both a lot uh okay so as a music musical not a good not a good cd i don't think i put together a very good album no but so wait does your version of the album also end on hidden sun uh yeah is it a hidden track or yeah. is it go okay. home and uh go home and uh hidden sun <laughs> Songs are go home and then hidden sun. Yeah. Oh, but too, if you're and then hidden sun. Yeah, they've complimented each other perfectly. Ah, fuck. You forgot that I have off the hook two times in a row. <laughs> I love that it's in a row too. Jesus Christ. Uh, so you've made this album a hundred times worse with this resequence. I love it so there much. There we go. Oh man. Okay. Nothing to argue with there. Uh. Maroon, now in the rear view mirror. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully the next album will be Hidden Sun that never does any harm to anyone and not Tonight is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel where this podcast <laughs> dies in a screaming car wreck. Wait, did your album open with Tonight is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel? <laughs> I love this album so much. This is the misprint where there's this off the hook on twice. It starts with an opera. Jesus. All right, Ev. Yeah. Maroon's behind us, but the best is yet to come. We have uh, a couple people who messaged us on Twitter, and this is more than one person, surprisingly. <laughs> um, they asked us if we would ever be covering the Bare Naked Ladies tour documentary, Bare Naked in America. So we had to say, my friend, yes, of course we will. Um, the second half of this episode, I think let's talk about... Bare Naked in America, which we both watched for the first time yes. this last week, correct? Correct. We did not watch it together, um, but boy, I felt like you were there with me a lot yep. of the time because I could hear your voice in my head saying, what the fuck is happening as I was watching this documentary? Yeah. It wasn't so much a documentary as like an extended concert video with like outtakes. Yeah, basically, basically. And that's fine, right? Um, I mean, that's what that's what you'd want. You wouldn't want like a really deep documentary with like a narrative through line for the bare naked ladies. I thought that's what it was going to be. I mean, we'll we'll could, talk about that. Yeah. We'll dive in one sec. Let me give you some real quick facts about Bare Naked in America. Bare Naked in America is a 1999 uh documentary. I know. Uh, <laughs> Directed by Jason Priestley. I know. <laughs> Jason Priestley, of course, being the um, the guy from Beverly Hills 90210. Um, Jason Priestley... He's a huge Bare Naked Lady fan. ...is an enormous Bare Naked Ladies fan. He directed... This was one of his first directorial uh, things, and only one of two films that he ever directed. He directed random episodes of TV shows of stuff like uh, Van Helsing and <laughs> Private Eyes and Seventh Heaven. Um, not a huge director, uh, and yeah, so I think he's sort of a dabbler, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who dabbles. Um, it was first shown at the Toronto International Film Festival and available exclusively in the United States through Blockbuster Video. <laughs> so you had to rent this film through Blockbuster Video or they did sell copies of it after their exclusivity deal had expired. 
Um, since then, it was released on DVD, and uh, I believe the 20th anniversary version of Stunt that came out in 2018 included Bare Naked in America. Bare Naked in America, as you mentioned, is sort of a concert documentary rather than yeah. a tour well, I mean, documentary. It's, but it's not... It, it closes on a concert basically and it's got concerts throughout but they're different concerts yeah yeah so it's that following them as they go through the stunt tour mm -hmm. right and there's 11 songs in total if we talk about the songs it's all been done who needs sleep straw hat and dirty old hank alcohol call and answer old some dirty hank old dirty hank fuck some fantastic one week break your heart old apartment brian wilson and if i had a million dollars so a weird eclectic selection of things from throughout their career yeah, pretty good pretty good choices I mean, it's, from, it's the, the from the hits that they had now yeah, yeah. absolutely so let's actually dig in yeah to this it starts out with an extended credit sequence yeah and i was thinking like do documentaries usually happen <laughs> like, like two or three minutes of credits and it's a weird like you could tell that he put a lot of money and thought into this weird Saul bass kind of inspired like 70s groovy mm -hmm. sort of font and like a uh, very uh, uh, striking color palette of yeah, like it's like when the, it's like reds. in a like um, Suicide Squad where they yes. introduce a new like villain and they're yes. like the Joker <laughs> and then like throws up like three fun facts about them right yeah uh, it's very similar believes unicorns are real <laughs> and then Directly after the credits, which don't include a Bare Naked Lady song, it's like some public domain yeah. sounding funk tune. Um, we have John Stewart. John Stewart. <laughs> Early on in his like daily show, because this is like he started the Daily Show like in '99, I think. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. So he's this is like early on in his career, and apparently he's a BNL fan because he talks about them a little bit. Yeah, he seems to be a a BNL guy. Um, which I'm not sure what the connection is. There's a lot of weird. I feel like. That the Daily Show used to have musical acts on it, because I know really? I, when Craig Kilborn did it. Yeah, and this is, I said I feel because I feel I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Like I, when Craig Kilborn did it, it was more focused on like pop culture. Uh huh. So I feel like they'd occasionally have a musical act on. So I wow. bet like Stewart inherited that sort of musicality for a little. Because I remember Stewart like pivoting as hard yes. as he could throughout like the first like year away of it. from Kilborn. So yeah. I feel like this is this is that maybe interesting. Okay. Yeah, but he's a fan. Uh he talks highly of the Bernie Ladies in this first segment and he'll come to reappear throughout the documentary. Mm -hmm. There's some weird star power in this documentary and we'll get to it when we get to it, but uh -huh. real weird cameos in this. Um so it starts out the the whole documentary starts out with Ed on the, the toilet. toilet and Jesus his <laughs> hair he's got these frosted tips. tips it's like the it's like peak 90s hair oh it's everything wrong with the world in one still he's image got like that he's got like that buffy the vampire roman like centurion haircut or oh, like legendary sure. haircut where it's all slicked forward yeah and it's all blonde oh yeah if if you could and with ed's dark eyebrows it like, looks horrible it's jarring it's insane yeah if you could pull out one thing that's wrong with the world it is this like the guy from Bare Naked Ladies on the toilet with his pants down with frosted tips looking into a camera. I was so tempted to make this my computer desktop wallpaper, <laughs> but like it is very, very strange. Very much a what is happening sort of moment. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to like the Bare Naked Ladies, mostly Tyler, which is like, this is the most I've ever heard Tyler talk. This is my favorite part of the documentary. Is where Tyler's describing everybody. He describes and everyone he, with one word. It was all vindication because he describes everybody in exactly the way that we describe exactly them. Exactly the caricatures that we do he says ed responsible uh and then so ed is a real sweetie we yes. know ed is a sweetie but boy does he come off like a taskmaster right. in this documentary 
Uh, the first time we see him, he's like, oh, everybody's late to the sound check yeah. and the animation's not done. Now, I, I admit, it's not my, it's not the animator's fault that it's not done, but it's not done. And yeah. like, He's like, sometimes I show up late. I'm, I'm not really a big deal. Like, sometimes I show up late, but not often. <laughs> but like nobody else is here and I'm like getting rather upset. Uh, but yeah, and then, you know, he's, he's chill. Mm-hmm. He's chill, but you can tell that underneath there's a simmering like... I want to get this done. Ed comes off real weird in this whole documentary as very business-like. I don't know. He's like talking about farts and shit too. It's true. But in a lot of the segments, it'll be like him in a leather jacket with his arms crossed and be like, yes, you know, in the Bare Naked Ladies, I think uh, Steve and I play well off of each other. Like it's very like Mm -hmm. he's talking about it felt more like the, the less the feeling of the band and more the dynamic, like the real like mm-hmm. brass tacks of the and band. I feel like this, the, when they're doing the like shot shots, like yeah. when they're the band shots that the camera loves Ed more than it loves the other BNL boys. Yeah. Like it definitely spends more time on him. Yeah. I think Ed is a little more dynamic than Steve is a lot of the time yeah. in concert. It seems like Steve is a, is a lot of the time, the guy that just stands there and croons mm-hmm. um, and Ed is jumping around the stage. Well, even not on the thing. concert videos when they're like doing the full band, like interviews, like backstage oh, stuff, like, a lot of time it's Ed yeah, talking yeah. or interacting. Yes. I, I mean, he is, I, I, Tyler said he's responsible. I feel like it's the take charge guy. Yeah. He's probably the one doing the most of the talking. And, and then uh, Tyler is, uh, Tyler says, Steve is, is next. Oh, Steve yeah. is un- unpredictable. <gasps> what a vindication <laughs> moment for me. I like fucking, but you can almost tell by the way he says it, that maybe there's already friction in the band at this point, right? Like, that's not a word that you would use to describe someone that you, like, didn't have any beef with. Why not Steve's already struggling with depression at this point? Like, he's always been sort of an artsy kid. Yeah. An artsy sort of code for, like, uh, untreated mental like problems sure like difficulties you actually messaged me earlier in the week and you messaged me a great quote that i might read from oh, yeah. uh from the uh the book that you're reading the bare naked ladies um uh, uh 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 what's it called again do you remember uh, public sons private stories yeah, by yeah. paul myers yes uh one night says cullen who's cullen uh, tour manager okay one night I can't remember where this was they just finished one of their songs when all of a sudden Stephen Page just started jumping up and down screaming at the top of his lungs for no apparent reason he just seemed really angry and people were not enjoying it like so yeah. bizarre that was during their early tour of like Canadian colleges with Corky and the Juice Pigs that's like it was so just that it was just weird. him and Ed Oh my and god. And they were they were opening for Corky. I can't imagine how awkward that must have been. He seems unpredictable. He yeah. seems I mean, like he seems he seems to be sort of, you know, he's an artist and I feel like he's one of those artists that's sort of ruled by their emotions. Yes, very much. Where so. where their art comes from a painful place. Yes. And that's not necessarily all artists, but yeah. just like that is a type of artist. Yeah, yeah. So uh Steve describes Tyler. Loud. Loud. Every stereotype is confirmed so far. And uh, I, I was actually just reading in that bare, uh, private public stunts, private stories. Uh, Tyler uh, was part of that band, uh, a band at a, f- a festival with, with them. And he saw that they had a big crowd uh-huh. and Andy was gone. Uh-huh. So he's like, you guys need a drummer. I need to be your drummer, right? It's cool. It's your drummer. <laughs> right. So he came in and Ed's like, yeah, he kept bothering us until <laughs> we like, so he like came in and kept asking them to be part of their band. He's like, yeah. Oh, you guys are cool. Here's my number. Take it. <laughs> you guys still have a drummer. You have a drummer. Can I be a drummer? And then like he came in, he's like, I'll just bring a, a hi hat and like a, you know, a snare. And yeah. then he's like, okay, I'm going to bring some Tom Toms and like that. And he's like, he Ed, moved in. Ed was like, <laughs> he slowly assembled a kit over the, uh, the practice sessions. I love Tyler. He's like, and then Ed goes, yeah, he was kind of annoying, but like we all got along with him. So he just yeah. kind of slid, slotted right into the band. Yeah, that's But like great. Tyler, to see that and be like, oh, those guys are better than the band I'm in. All right, I'm jumping <laughs> ship. I'm 100% glomming onto them. And that might be why he's so overprotective of them too. Maybe. 
Tyler, opportunistic. <laughs> That's, That's actually what they said in the... In really? The, yeah, they called him opportunistic. Wow. But I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. He's obviously important in the band. and I mean, and he really, a lot of the time, makes the band for me. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of time we're saying like, oh, Tyler's the star of this song. And fucking my favorite part in any Bernie Glady's video so far is him eating that hoagie okay. during the drum fill. Uh, Tyler says, Jim? Dedicated. Which was the first one where I felt like maybe we thought he was like... I, if I were to guess, I would have been like, bizarre or unique. No, I, or... I've always called him a technician, and being a technician comes from hours and hours and hours of practice. But he really seems like a fucking weirdo. I thought they would have said, like, weirdo. But, that, I mean, we but know he's all, a technician. they're all weirdos. But Jim seems like a true He seems like, no, I, I mean, he seems like that based on the songs that he writes, but, like, seeing him interact with them in the actual, uh, like, documentary, it, he was just seemed pretty normal yeah. like just kind of quiet and but like he was cracking jokes and laughing with them and you're right but it almost seemed like one of those like you know oh we all thought he was so normal until he shot all the rest of the <laughs> lane um and then oh right oh i love this part so uh real quick we have a before we get to our last brand good lady uh steve asks ed who his favorite sesame street character is interview style um and then we have each of the regular ladies giving their yes. favorite. It feels like an email segment. Yes. <laughs> Ed says Ernie. Sure. Yeah. Organized. Like, or no, no, Bert is the organized one. Yeah. So yeah, Ernie's weird for me because Steve says Bert, Bert yeah. which great. I love that they're Ernie and Bert warms my fucking heart. Mm-hmm. Tyler. Oscar. Oscar. Fucking garbage plate. He's the garbage <laughs> monster. They're transparent, right? Jim. Jim says Grover. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch you know, Sesame Street. What are Grover's personality traits? Grover's Grover's sort of a like a self-insert character. Like he's an everyman. He's like an Elmo, but for older kids. Okay. So he's the one who's always sort of like in a scene, like asking questions and like kind of okay. not knowing what's going on. He's the technician of the. <laughs> I guess not, but like, like he's the, but he's like the. So what I is mean, this? I know Big Bird is like the the front center yeah. character, but like Grover is a grown up Elmo basically. Yeah. What? So what does this tell us about Jim? Nothing. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. And then Kevin's like, I don't know, uh, Snuffleupagus. <laughs> and it was like, he is just so endearing through the entire fucking, like, and I know he's just recovered from cancer. Yeah. So he's at his lowest ebb, like, yeah. as a person. But, yeah. like, he is just so, like, self-effacing. <sighs> and, like, he's, great. he's, yeah, I he's love great. him. And then we talk about Kevin. And we get both Tyler and Steve's viewpoints. Tyler says, sly. Yes. And Steve says, bald, which I really love. Um, yeah, sly is weird. Sly is really does not match what we thought yeah, about Yeah, I don't Kevin. think I like, have Kevin like working angles. Yeah. Yeah, sly seems strange. And he doesn't appear sly throughout the whole documentary. Maybe that's why. Oh, He's too sly for damn. us. Um, and then we talk he a lot about... He gets cancer like a fox. <laughs> we talk a lot about... Uh, Kevin's cancer and from the first moment we talk about this it comes super early in the documentary I thought this was going to be our through line for the movie mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be because documentaries do have right. a through line I mean they have yeah they force they force a narrative right exactly because right. you have to no you don't well not apparently now yeah I guess but then again I don't know if I'd call this a good documentary <laughs> right yeah it was fine I guess it was kind of, I mean, we'll talk about it as we go, but I thought it was kind of boring. If it had had some narrative structure, I might've been like, Oh, cool. Yeah. But it's just, so we, it's a tour video. It's all chopped up. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about Kev's cancer and then we kind of drop it. Right. Um, I love again, straight on the ball. 
the first thing that Kev did when he found out, he called Ed and he mm-hmm. said, Ed, I have cancer. I wanted to call the rest of the guys, but you're the leader. You're the responsible one. So you got to call the rest of the ladies and let them know. Right. So again, we have Kev is the sensitive one and Ed is the leader. Fits our presuppositions. Yeah. Like fucking pieces in a puzzle. It was a, yeah. And I mean, uh, and they just go to sort of go into like a tour, tour well, bus situation after that. We yeah. have our introduction to the sixth lady first. Oh, you mean, the, you mean the seventh lady? Uh, yeah. Wait, who is the sixth lady? Andy. Oh, sure, yeah. But Andy is not even mentioned in this right, documentary. Right, but he's the sixth lady, yeah, sure. if you're going to say there's a sixth lady. Uh, Chris Brown, who uh, is part Looks of like the... Andy Circus. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He's part of the Bourbon Tabernacle Choir, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the word to describe him was full on, which I really enjoyed. And then they just cut to him, like, jumping up in the air yeah. and, like, screaming and... But then he also seems like a sweetie, because yeah. he tells, like, he's like, I called Kev. I was like, Kev, is it okay that I take over your spot? And Kevin was all on board, so, like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um... We have it does kind of turn into it's kind of segmented into different parts. Yeah. Um, so the first part is called history. Um, oh, sorry. Even before that, they're talking about the tour, and we see like the stunt boy. They have like screens on this tour yeah. and like videos. We, we want to make this a big boy. It's like moving all the. He's like an actual character, yeah. which I love. Um, yeah, I mean, they wanted to make it a big arena show, is what Ed is saying. Absolutely, like, like, we want to do it up. Yeah, 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 and they definitely did. But he didn't say we want to do it up. Do you remember what he said? No, not exactly. Ed said different time. He says, Ed is like, yeah, we want to do all these crazy. Oh, yeah. We want all of this bar slur stuff. Yowza. Yeah, but uh, that was a a word back then. It was. And it shouldn't have been, but. But here's what I'm curious about. They re-released this for the 20th anniversary of Stun in 2018. Do you think they kept in Ed's using the R slur? I don't know. I'm so curious because I know the version we got was like low definition pixels. (laughs) So it was definitely the old version. Um, but yeah, boy, that was, it was rough to hear. I know. I'm sure Ed would never do that today, but yeah, back then it was a thing that people said. I was more offended by Steve Page saying, Euchre is not an American game. Which was very strange. In college, I had a shit ton of friends who played Euchre. Yeah, apparently they play Euchre in the tour bus. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know any Americans who play. Yeah, yeah. I guess you don't know any Americans, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, really. It's like a, it's like an old person camp game, right? It is. Yeah. Like, and I mean, but it's still pretty fucking popular. I never learned. Do you know how to play it? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I was a Yuka Shark. Back Were in the day. you? Yeah, I, I was pretty Is it a good. team game? Yeah. Okay, you, you, you and one, me you, versus two other people. Yep, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, interesting. Uh, we have the history of Brennick Ladies, which we've talked about before. We have the Yoko Ono story with the mm. music booth. Uh, we have the history of Steve and Ed, who went to school together, blah, 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 blah. Boring. And then we get to... Uh, On the road. Yeah, yeah, where the bus driver is talking about... JP! <laughs> talking about, like, sometimes I'll just walk in there, and then uh, sometimes I'll just be all naked at a dance party at 4 a.m. <laughs> I cannot imagine this man's job. Sometimes they all sleep in a bed together. <laughs> Naked. Naked. Sometimes I walk in and they all got their penises in each other's hands. That's that not how he not talks. He talks. He, he enunciates, but like, yeah, he's very like they, that guy and the tour manager were like just like telling war stories about being on the For, bus with them about sexual harassment, which is yeah. what this is. Steve loves a good flash. Yeah, like weird. He he's said, "Yeah, getting like belligerent about nudity." Yeah, and there's like a cut to like Ed. Like, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you take off your pants. Peer fucking pressure. Like nowadays, that would not roll. Right. Like, yeah, it's a. Crowd. I think it's because they're called bare naked ladies. So I feel like nudity is sort of like. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it just. I guess it sort of it dovetails yeah. on like a linguistic sense with that, but like 
I mean, there's no like, oh, there is female nudity. They're like people flashing. They're like, I don't know why people flash this, well, but yeah. I love it. Steve talks about like, yeah. he's like, I love a good flash. Doesn't matter. Could be boobs. Could be dick. I love it all. <laughs> Which is like, I didn't know where yeah. he fell on the Kinsey scale, but that's interesting. Um, but yeah, then then Ed, yeah, Ed offers someone during a show. So thousands of people. He's like, I'll give you a thousand dollars to show us your dick. And the dude does, does it. it. Yeah. <sighs> Different time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, the road life sounds shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve describes it as lonely. Uh, Ed says that Ed says we we can't do any songs about like road songs about how much we hate the road, which I think they kind of fall into a little bit as we move on in their lives. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's got to wear on you, right? Yeah. Uh, fun talk about masturbating in bunks. We talked about the nudity in the band. Yeah, talks about uh, Steve like goes off on a, a mini rant about Americans. Yeah. Well, first up. I- I was amazed at the number of boobs and dick in this documentary. Yeah, there's a lot. More than it's, I thought there would be. It's definitely not a uh, nothing none of it's uh, bleeped out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no no uh no uh mosaicing. Hey, so, yeah. rock and roll, man. <laughs> Let's talk about that uh that that rant about the US. What what what, what stuck out for you about it? He's like uh, I just well, First thought, up, they're in front of the White House. Yeah. Which is I just weird. thought, you know, uh, yeah, it's definitely pre-9/11 cuz they can they walk right up to that shit. Yeah. Right. They're like sitting there like and I felt that, that made me really uncomfortable. Like if I can take it, digress into what like Ed was doing. Yeah. He's like asking passersby if they know who he is. Yeah. And weird. like that, I don't know. That just f- made me cringe a little bit. Like, hey, do you know who Bare Naked Ladies are? Yeah. I'm the lead singer. Yeah. Like that. I did like when, when he was like, you ever heard of Sarah McLaughlin? Like I'm Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's funny. <laughs> but I mean, I felt like, I felt like they had to perform a little bit. There was like a little bit of a performative aspect because the camera's camera. on. Sure. So I don't know if they'd always be like that. And I think the ones I enjoyed the most were when they're just like bullshitting with each other. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but Ed's, uh, but Steve says that he thought that all Americans were like beer swilling, gun toting. He thought he was gonna get shot down here. And he's like, actually, uh, Americans are much more like us than I thought. Yeah. And then he goes straight into a Beatles comparison. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah, when the Beatles came over, I bet they were pretty surprised too. I'm like, oh yeah, you're the Beatles, bud. I mean, I mean, they were yeah. riding high on stunt. They They're really like, were. It's, hits just keep on coming. He did. I think one of the other quotes is he said, "It's a nice place to live if you have money." The United States, which true. Like, yeah, I mean, well, well that's anywhere, true. Anywhere. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they, they were pretty like, true here. There was like, uh, they said they were waiting for Clinton. There were some great topical Monica Lewinsky jokes they made, <laughs> like very weird. And their tour manager comes out and is like, yeah, he's not he's not coming out. Yeah. <laughs> like, he actually went in there and tried to talk to him. I think that was part of the bit. Okay. Yeah, but, because he's like, oh, yeah, it looks like he's uh, he's caught up with some international politics. <laughs> like, he's not coming out. Uh, then we get some great celebrity cameos, two in a row. Uh, I want to talk about the second one first. Andy Richter talks about the Brandon Good Ladies, because yeah? I guess the BNL was on Conan. There's mm-hmm. a clip of it, and it's really cool. I love Andy Richter. He's yeah, a hilarious dude. He is funny. Conan's hair was very smaller back then. Yeah, very smaller. Um, then, not only <laughs> Andy Richter, but... Chef Goldblum. <laughs> Chef Goldblum himself. And it was like, but the thing is, like, they just mind. like grabbed him though. He obviously had no. He's like, yeah, I just heard that That's... they were coming on, and I didn't know who they were, and now I do. It's like till, his entire story. Not till later in the documentary do we find that out. Because at this part, it's like, oh yeah, you know, bare naked ladies. Uh, and then he talks about like music in the U.S. or like mm-hmm. bands. And then later on in the documentary, he's like, yeah, I. uh I don't. I was just on the show with them today. They seem great. Like, so you realize that he's not a fan. He's just some dude. Like, oh shit, we can get Jeff Goldblum for our documentary. Okay, get him in here. Get him in here. Like, it's very, very strange. Yeah, and I mean, uh, there's just a lot of like, a lot of like interviews and like faffing around. Like, their tour manager kind of reminds me of like Tim Curry. Yeah, like, a the way bit. he looks and talks. I could hear but, that. Like, 
And I realize the hypocrisy of being on a podcast that spends 90% <laughs> of its time just fucking around. But, like, it was kind of interesting to see how the sausage was made. Yeah, like, but then we go backstage, and we mm-hmm. get a lot of backstage talk. That's the next segment. I really like the awkwardness of the backstage stuff. It's very, a lot more awkward than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, it's it's fun to see them, like, on and off. Because they're just, like, sitting there making dumb fucking jokes with yeah. each other. And, like, you can tell that they they're doing this because the camera's on. And they're trying to be funny, yeah. but they're not funny at yeah. all. And then they go on stage and they're like fucking rocking yeah. out. Yeah, it's great. So it's fun to see them sort of like, I don't know, they're just in their element and not in their element. Yeah. Like, but those those quiet moments before too, like when Ed is like, do you guys like this shirt? Like, should I wear this shirt? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so funny to me that, I mean, obviously rock stars are like, which, what's, what, this good? Um, uh, I love, <laughs> there's. One of the best moments of the whole documentary is when Steve, all he has on is underwear and a t-shirt and he tucks the shirt into his underwear and he asks if it looks good. And then he hikes his underwear up to his nipples. And it's like, is this how I should do it? Uh, yeah. Watching them kind of like crack themselves up is wonderful. Um, I loved Ed mentions. He takes nervous peas before shows yes. before I do a show. I always take nervous shits. Like I will in my body what just releases the internal huh. anal sphincter. It's ready. Huh. And then I got to get out there and do it. I've never done a show. So I, I couldn't speak about my, we'll get you on stage. At Please some don't. Point. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then them saying pasta with a Canadian accent was very pasta. funny. To me. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they were entertainers. There was, there was a surprising amount of extemporized bad rap in this. Yes. We moved to the onstage segment yes. where there's a lot of extemporized. I mean, but this is a, a and they're staple doing, of right, a right, right, right. show. But right? you get what we're getting a lot of it. Like yeah. in, in concerts, we get, I don't know, five, 10 minutes of it. And you it's get fine. one song usually. Yeah. And right? then, but here you get like a splice together, like a solid 15, yeah. 20 minutes of it. And you're yeah. like, Yep, I get it. Yeah, we're hitting a lot. My of- name is Steven Page. I'm full of rage. <laughs> Just like if you rat. fight me, you'll end up in a cage. <laughs> yeah, so like stuff like that, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there's a. I lot mean, it's better of- than anything I could do. So let's, <laughs> let's just let's just throw that out there. Like I, do like- I am punching up. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, Bernie ladies are definitely more successful and talented than us. Yeah, yes. punching up. Um, yeah, there's a lot of improvs. There's one about a Bernie ladies porn, uh, in which Steven has a. A line where he talks about someone being in drag, and I was like, uh-oh, this is going to get dicey. But then he can't think of how to end it, so he just goes, I come out as I am. I come out as I am. And I was like, wow, remarkably progressive. It was probably just his brain couldn't think of another line, but like, it was wonderful. Um, there's a real drag of an improv line. Ed is improving a rap, and he says something about like, well, watch the stage burn, and maybe tonight you'll even see Kevin Hearn. And I was like, uh-oh, he was in the middle of cancer therapy. No one is seeing Kevin Hurt. But then he comes tonight. out. I, was that the same show? Yeah, that was the show he comes oh, out at. fuck. Yeah. Okay, so never So it wasn't mind. that bad. Not as bad of a drag as I thought. Um, and then it cuts to, like, after, like, this uh, concert entertainers, like, it's cuts to, like, the Jim Cregan experience. Where yeah. they do, like, a five-minute, like... Jim Cregan. Yes. Well, right before that, there's a great line. Ed says, Steve is not a great guitar player, which yeah. I fucking loved. But yeah. Then we get to the Jim Cregan experience. Um, Jim is trying to impress the man who made his bass guitar. Yeah. Or his, his, his bass. New, he, he made like a new high level bass. Yeah. And he's in the crowd that night. Yeah. They just um, did a raid or something. And, and he then just he, like dropped a like, sweet loot. Yeah. Higher level bass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does this fucking crazy solo on stage, which is awesome. The um, itsy spitsy spider solo. Yeah. And I can imagine that that probably transitioned into Spider in My Room. Thankfully, they do not show it on the DVD. But, but of course, Jim does Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yes, he does Itsy Bitsy He was doing a really spider. cool thing, like slapping both above on the fingerboard, like both above and below his fingers. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really. It, it's. I mean, he's 
a technician. Yeah. Dedicated. The Grover. You could say almost dedicated. <laughs> uh, and then we have Tyler who talks about the difference between he oh, and Jim. Yeah, like the friction between them. Like which Jim's I, a perfectionist, which I got versus like a party dude. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. The great line that he says is, I try to get the audience dancing. Jim wants to get them dreaming, Dream, yeah. which is just like the perfect dichotomy between these two. I, that's That's wonderful. Yeah. He calls Jim a bizarre dude. Yes. Thank you for the validation, Tyler. Well, yeah, based on his musical stylings. Yeah. I, I could see, like, I could see not being able to keep up with Jim. Here's what I was thinking as I saw this section. We are living in an alternate universe. We mm-hmm. are not living in the main universe. And I think we could guess that nowadays with how the world is burning down and our president is a madman and all that stuff. But even back then... There are so few universes in which after Steve left the band, the Brannigan ladies stayed together, mm-hmm. right? There's tension between Jim and Tyler. Mm-hmm. There's like already was tension between Steve and the rest of the band, maybe mm-hmm. Ed keeping it together. Later, we'll hear him talking about like between him and Steve. That's what makes the band work is their mm-hmm. interplay. So I think we live in a minority alternate universe <laughs> where like we, that was maybe the portent when Steve left the band and they stayed together, that's what made our universe For, happen. Is this darkest timeline <laughs> this stuff? This is darkest timeline. Bare Naked Ladies together without Steve is, the is better than no. It's worse than no Bare Naked Ladies at all. I mean, no. I mean, I'll hold. I'll hold my uh, your judgment judgment till I finish the oeuvre. till Judgment Day. Yes, <laughs> which will be the last episode of this podcast. Sure. Of course, we will do that on the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a like, and then they. This, I, mean, yeah. I mean, this is where I I thought that this documentary was weird. Because they spent half the documentary, like, explaining the songs. Right. Like, hey, this song's about this. Like, what what's happening here? I mean, but then they, they cut to Straw Hat, which is one of my favorite Bare Naked Ladies songs. Yes. I think is... I think if I ever put together a Bare Naked Ladies mixtape of their entire catalog, like, uh, my favorites, I would go, I'm would i going to go from King of Bedside Manor straight into Straw Hat. Because I feel like the end of King of Bedside Manor, that, like, hooting and hollering, like, not the king, not, not, like that. Yeah. But at the Boom. end, it goes, it goes sort of crazy, and sure. it goes, it gets almost sort of like a bluegrassy tone yeah. to it. And the high fifth harmonies, like, that'll go straight into Straw Hat. Yeah. 100% lead in. I could see that. That's for my that. Bare Naked Ladies 15 song I could see that. Okay, I like that. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, and then... I rate them on how good I think the narrator smells. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Alcohol doesn't, bottom of the list, that guy smells like shit. <laughs> Uh, Ed and Steve, we do have a part where Ed kind of just like Tyler and Jim. Although he the situation probably smells pretty good. Yeah, why not? Because he he's, like he's some, a charismatic. He probably wears like some Dracar Noir yeah. sort of shit. Uh, Ed says Steve is a way better lyricist than him. He says he and Steve are diametrically opposed. That's what makes the band work, which is bold. Like we kind of get this like emotion versus logic, Kirk versus Spock push mm-hmm. and pull of these two together, right? Yep. And it cuts to like the, then it sort of goes into a full on concert video. Now we're in a tour documentary. Yeah. Basically we cut from Philly to Boston. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think it just like, then the last is just them playing like four songs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but before the concert begins, we get like a weird juxtaposition of the fans. Like there's, there's like some fans singing and playing guitar, singing like if I had a million dollars. And there's another guy's like, I'm going to shove a fist up your ass. Because, well, do you know what was happening he was there? selling merch. Selling bootleg BNL merch. <laughs> Can you imagine a time when they were big enough that people were selling like iron-ons of Steve's face on t-shirts? Or like, that's fucking wild to me, bro. I don't know. Hey, man, you want to buy, you want to buy Steve's face? <laughs> right? buy but people were tailgating for yeah. bare naked ladies. I mean, they were huge. I want. They still pa- routinely pack stadiums. I know, but people don't. Ta- I want to live in the universe where Bare Naked Ladies was like an institution. Now they pack stadiums, but you wouldn't like 
call off work that day that uh-huh. you're going to a BNL concert and like grill brats in the parking lot. That sounds pretty good. It sounds. Oh, maybe we do that next time they come through town. <laughs> we didn't even go to the Hootie tour. Is it time we talk about this? We Fuck skipped up. it. I mean, and I actually don't regret it. Nor do I. Because here's the deal. I checked out the the set list that they played. Exact, almost the exact same set list every time, and it was the hits. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. I want to hear them play the like, the middling songs. I don't want to hear if I had a million dollars and pinch me and one week at every concert. Although I know that no matter where when we go, that's what they're gonna do. But mm-hmm. Whatever. I want to go to a tailgate BNL concert. And you just want to go to Stephen Page. I guess then he plays the deep cuts. He does. Oh man! And it's forty four hundred hours long. Stephen Page is playing. That man October would not get 90. off stage. <laughs> I got shit to do in October. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, them singing the national anthem, which yeah. is cool, right? We go into this whole hockey segment. Mm-hmm. They sing the national anthem at some hockey game. Uh, we talk about hockey for a good, like, six or seven minutes. Well, they are Canadians. Weird. Yeah. Uh, we do have John Stewart talking about hockey. Mm-hmm. He also uses the R slur. It was a different, different time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Boston. Um. Baston. Baston. Um, what do we have? Uh, it's, I wrote, it's weird to think that these young kids would go on to do Maroon in two years. When I watched the documentary, they all look so young. They do. And to think about them doing, cause Maroon for all of its better and worse sections feels like a very mature album, mm-hmm. right? So to think about these like kids, these little peach fuzz kids doing Maroon. Little frosted tips. Yeah. It's weird to me. It's cool. But yeah. yeah. Clip on earrings. Uh, I love the section with people hating on one week. That delighted me when the documentaries are like... Yeah, I don't know. I never heard it. Yeah. My mom probably wouldn't let me hear it. Bare naked ladies. <laughs> my wife says, oh, she wouldn't let me go to this concert. Uh, the girl's like, my sister plays this every day. I fucking hate the bare naked ladies. I was like, hell, that's great. Um, there's a weird emotional section where people are like, yeah, bare naked ladies are transcendent. They're like, they changed my life. The dude with the black coat and like the fedora yes. on who like wraps his way through all of one week is just like, he's so genuine and weird. And like, I loved that guy. <laughs> he was great. That guy is you. It might be alternate universe me. Um, boy, Steve drops a bomb here that I wrote down. Steve says, if you work too hard at crafting a line, it can come off as cute instead of uh, like like genuine. Mm-hmm. I was like, Steve, you are the last person. <laughs> so many of your lines are so overthought or underthought. Like, yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, he does very... love his nudity though. He does love nudity his nudity. Comes back a couple times during this. <laughs> it's like the narrative through line. <laughs> that might be it. Uh, there's a great section. What would you do with a million dollars? Where everybody's kind of answering that, mm-hmm. um, which again is one of our segments. <laughs> it almost feels like we watched this before we came up with it, but we didn't. Uh, there's a whole craft dinner part that I really enjoyed, yeah. where they kind of give the history of people throwing craft on stage, which they do during a Tyler gets knocked off by, he barely gets, almost gets killed by a guy who whips it at him. Yeah, it's a great story. He says it was going at 80 miles an hour, <laughs> which I love. Dramatist that Tyler is. Um, how little content do you think they had for this documentary that they showed the entire conan segment like yeah. conan introducing the band the band playing the whole song on conan and then conan coming over and was like great and then behind the scenes like conan yeah. going to their dresser and they gave him like a like a gold record or something which did you kind of understand what was happening there apparently conan had them on the show when they were like nobodies in the mm-hmm. u.s and it was something that kicked off their their u.s ah. yeah he was he seemed very genuine but also super awkward yes like it's like something he's like has to he's required to do by contract yeah I think his so. hair was so much smaller back then <laughs> second time you said it i know it's just like i'm like whoa 
Conan's hair. What's wrong with his hair? Yeah. Is his hair dead? <laughs> yeah, this was the tour segment. Um, I don't know. What else did you have for... I loved I loved when they talked to people on the street. Yeah. Uh, what else? Anything else? That's pretty much it. They're talking about the uh, uh, It's All Been Done video. That comes next. That's okay. Vindication yes. part we two. We are completely right we were right bare naked ladies hated that video uh, we said how much that video sucked and bare naked ladies if you watch this ed nails how shitty this and video steve is. just sits there like just like being pissed off yeah like they're, they're all just like railing and the, the producer's like well let's just you haven't seen it post-production let's just yeah. let's just let it go and if if that's what just oh, i guess we just threw away like a uh, hundred thousand dollars who cares yeah a nice house you could buy a nice house, house. for this much money <laughs> Oh my God! It's just... like I don't understand why it has to be in the animal POV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cats don't walk like that. Like their fate. Like <laughs> I have a cat. Yeah, nothing made sense that the the guy was feeding them this shitty line about like yeah, it's gonna be great when it's done. Like, like just wait till we get finish everything. He's like, I don't understand. There's it's just what is this? What is this video? <laughs> it just sucks knowing that you have something great. It's all been done. It's a yeah. awesome song, and then a, a studio's like. Here's our vision, and you have to just fucking. Well, the director, it. yeah, it was a, it was the director, right, who uh, had that vision. Was that directed by Mick G? No, that no, was that, one. That, week. that was one week. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but just like, yeah, that sucks. And the Bernie ladies are not having it, and Ed again is playing the leader part, just like, hey, we need to fix this, and we need to fix this now, like, mm-hmm. yeah, so. And then it's just more music. Yeah, what well, ends on Kevin's cancer segment? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The boys are very sweet. Um, you take all the time you need, big boy. Yeah, and he is—he is the best BNL boy. Like it's just such so heartwarming watching mm-hmm. him do his thing. I love when he comes back for his first song ever, and the piano doesn't work. <laughs> it's like they bought this shitty piano from like a, <laughs> a garage sale. Yeah. What do you say? Like a church? Oh, it was or... like a, it was like the uh, a, f- a funk club. And oh, like, there's like right. c- cigarette burns on yeah. it, and the keys don't work. <laughs> Um, yeah, I really, Kev, he's talking about how crazy of a year this has been. And he's like, you know, there have been babies and marriages and this thing with me, like I keep even <laughs> like shell, like last, like uh-huh. oh, people got married, they had babies. And I guess I had cancer. <laughs> like, he's I guess so I beat cancer. Innocent and good. I love this man. Well, it was funny too. Cause he's like, you know, it, after having worked for so hard to make this happen, yeah. it finally happens for me. And then I get cancer. Like that was I can only imagine how terrible that is. That's crazy. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Um, I'm glad he didn't die. Yeah, me too. Uh, Ed, um, kind of his final line is it is we can keep doing this band as long as it's still a good environment. Yeah. So I mean, that's knowing what's coming up is just like mm-hmm. that's rough. Well, the thing was that they were they always enjoyed performing on stage together. Yeah. Even even now, I think it was all the stuff that like the after. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Definitely. And then it ends on that rousing rendition of Brian Wilson, and then if I had a million dollars over the credits. Uh, that's the doc. Uh, overall, what did you think of this doc? <laughs> that's pretty much all I got, bud. I mean, we've talked, like, it wasn't, like I said, it was an extended concert video with some outtakes in it. Well, it like, like, it felt like the DVD extras to a, to a concert video. Yeah. To me, it never felt like it understood what it wanted to be. It didn't want to be a behind-the-scenes thing. It didn't want to be a concert doc. It didn't want to have a narrative through line. It wasn't a documentary. Like, well, it, it was, but it, it was, wasn't a concert video either because yeah. there's too much, like, just random. There's Half the thing is just them at a hockey game singing the right. national anthem. And Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't think Jason Priestley had a lot of documentary experience. He's not a documentarian. He's yeah. an actor, right? It's, so. just, it's weird that... I don't know. I, I just, I wonder around this era, how many disappointments the, the Nakes had 
Like, it's all been done video sucked. Like, do you think they were happy with this? I'd, I think they probably were okay with it. Because yeah. I don't think it paints them in necessarily a bad light. Yeah. I mean, they look like fun, silly guys. Yeah. Like, is this their, like, uh, like the Beatles' Hard Day's Night? No. No, it isn't. Yeah. But, but it also, it just seems so amateurish. This I, I felt like this doc came off as amateur. I think it was the style of the time. I yeah. Think, I think they were going, I think... I, and again, I don't, I feel like that they were going for sort of like an off the cuff, like, like look at them in their natural environment, stuff like that. And it, it definitely feels that way. Yeah. Like it feels earnest in yeah. a way that like a lot of other more polished documentaries don't. Yeah. It feels, I was scared stupid when I watched it. Um, earnest, scared, stupid, famous documentary. <laughs> famous doc. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm curious uh, as to whether Jason Priestley grew, but not enough to actually watch, watch an episode <laughs> of Private Eye. Yeah, anything else that he ever did. Um, he directed an episode of the new, the uh, is it a sequel or a reboot for Beverly Hills 90210? It's, uh, it's uh, well, it's a meta sequel. So it's all of them playing actors coming back to like refilm a sequel. That's nuts i well, did I mean, not know that that's that's our that's our society nowadays like our sure. media society is like there you, has to be a level of irony right, between anything right. we do and i mean i feel like that's the best way to do it i guess so yeah because all the people who love beverly hills 90210 back in the day aren't gonna love another episode like another rehash of beverly hills 90210 yeah, like it. it was never for adults it yeah. was for like teens right yeah, yeah. and i never watched an episode but i just remember all my babysitters like making me go to bed at like eight o'clock so right. they could watch it on yeah. fucking fox yeah huh interesting okay well that's Beer Naked in America. Uh, we just kind of breezed through it. I hope that you We're folks... Beer Naked in America. Wow. <laughs> I hope you folks who requested it are not disappointed with our disappointment <laughs> or with the way that we... I don't think it was disappointing. I think it was just... I mean, I'll never watch it again, but I'm glad I did. I was disappointed. I expected to what? find out something about BNL that I didn't know. Here's what I found out. They're fun. Steve loves nudity. Steve loves nudity. I do actually, I gotta say, I love that it confirmed all of our suppositions mm-hmm. about the band. That was a fucking delight. Except for Kevin being sly. Except for I think Kevin he's being sly. Pulling one over on us. Or maybe Tyler's the sly mm-hmm. one. He was trying to throw suspicion on the Kev. That's right. Interesting. He's always an opportunist, that Tyler. You can't be sly and loud. Those are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's playing, he's playing a loud character. Could be, could be. Um, well. Well, that's it for Maroon. That's it. We done it. Next week, we're going to move on to Everything to Everyone. The Everclear song. Yep. How's it go? Everything to everyone. Whoa. <laughs> we're everything to everyone. everyone. Whoa. <laughs> um, we are It's All Been Done Better Ladies podcast. Find us on Twitter. You do what you do. You say what you say. Try to be everything to everyone. That's how it goes, right? The Everclear song? I feel like, have you ever, like, it'll turn to a walk sign on the other side of the road and you'll start to cross, but you'll see that there's a car, like, zooming through the red light. Uh-huh. And you have to take a step back and just wait patiently, even though you have the walk sign. Um, you can... You can find us on Twitter at Been Done Pod, on Facebook, Been Done Pod. It's all been done to Better Good Ladies Podcast. Um, write us an email. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Evbo. I do what I do. I say what I say. I try to be everything to everyone. <laughs> I know what I know. I'm going to say what I say. We come in, we go. What? Paul Simon? Mm. Okay. You have anything to plug this week? <laughs> about uh people love the mouth noises <laughs> <laughs> how about mouth noises when you don't the have neil sisirga album yeah mouth <laughs> okay. sounds mouth sounds that's what it is when you uh, don't have anything to say just make the noises with your mouth 
That's what my son said today. I have a mouth and I can talk. <laughs> really? Yeah. Damn, he's deep. Yeah. I love that boy. You have a mouth and you can talk. <laughs> Daddy. Uh, interesting. Any other words of wisdom from your son lately to close off this epo? Uh, Did he say anything about the Brannigan ladies? No. He likes to imagine, you've told me, that he is on a podcast lately, though. You've you've uh, Stockholmed him. Doesn't he say stuff oh, yeah, like... He says, welcome to my podcast. You have to listen. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts in the car when I'm driving around. Yeah. But I don't listen to a lot of podcasts that talk about themselves being podcasts. Very I don't know weird. where he, he does that. It's but. just our culture now. Kids know what podcasts, podcasts they are. are. <laughs> They're out of the womb. My little boy, his first word was podcast. He podcast. said it the other day. He's four months old. <laughs> already talking about... Uh, Erios. What's a podcasting network? The Orange Grove. Jesus. Anyway. Maximum fun. <laughs> maximum fun. Comedy and culture. Um, I'm Saker. I'm... Wait. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in... Oh, God. No. One. Oh,